Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Welcome back, listeners. It is Tuesday, May 9. I am here with Amber Hassefort again. Um, She has not left the room, and I love it when they don't leave. So (laughs) I have not had to do it yet, recording by myself for the rest of the week. You have not chased me away. Thank you for staying. I appreciate (laughs) it. Um, Tuesdays are Testimony Tuesdays. Um, So if you would share a little bit about your testimony. Well, it's not very exciting, Um, I was raised in the church my whole life, um, baptized as an infant in Forest Grove Reformed Church. Um, I was brought up in a very strong Christian um, household. My parents were youth leaders. Um, They instilled in me very strong values, um, whether it be family, community, um, church, I made profession of faith when I was about 13 years old, and um, I started coming to Victory Point when I met my husband. So, you know, it was just that really strong, rooted um, foundation that I had, and it's just continued um, throughout my whole life. As far as I can remember, you know, everyone that I grew up around was... We had church, we had Sunday school, we had family mm-hmm. dinners. So it it's just been really rock solid. Yeah. Not very exciting or interesting, but right. You know, it's just it's always been there for me. Um Yeah. I I think I liked um your wording of the you know, being a deep rooted, a strong rooted faith is that it just is a part of you. It's always been a part of you. Um uh, sometimes we like to have a like grand aha testimony. Um, And I think that we forget that there's a lot of value in this type of testimony too. Um, If nothing else, I can't, like, it reminds me how faithful God is because in order for your roots to be that deep, your parents' roots had to be that deep and their parents' roots had to be that deep. And there's how many generations do we have to go back to see God's faithfulness, um, you know, to whoever that first believer was in your family line somewhere. Right. Um, I just think we kind of discount that sometimes. And I don't think that's necessarily fair because, um, it's a blessing a to be raised in a Christian home. I hope my girls have the same thought, you know, um, when they give their testimony, like, I just never knew life outside of Jesus, right? Like, he's always been a part of our life. He's always been there. He's solid. Um, Yeah. I hope they have that testimony. Um, I loved hearing the exciting ones, you know, where somebody literally went from the deepest, darkest pit to being raised again as a new human um, in so many ways. I love those. They are exciting. Um, But don't discount the long, strong, steady faith, you know, that's lived out through generations. I think that's really what God intended to be the case to begin with from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve. He intended for us to all follow him. Yeah. And never have any breaks in there. So (laughs) 
there we go. You're living out the design. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're um, welcome. Good to know a little bit more of your background there and similar to most West Michiganites, yeah. I suppose. Um, we are going to read Matthew 18. It's a long one. 21 to 35. It's 21 all you. 21 to 35. Um, I don't need glasses <laughs> yet, but I might after this one. <laughs> um, bear with me on this one. All right. It says the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Whew. That's a lot. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot of words. And that's a lot of challenge. Lots. So, what did you get from that? Oh, my goodness. As you uh, read and studied and focused in on it. Yeah. You know, um, God wants us to show grace in situations where we're like, what do we do? Like, we... Human nature, we want it right now. We are not patient people. Um, it takes it takes some oomph to find yeah. that patience sometimes <laughs> yes. with, in certain circumstances. But um, but it also shows that we should not be keeping track of how many times, you know, somebody says sorry, and we should forgive them if they are truly sorry. We should forgive, just as Jesus, you know, served. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I had I found it funny. The transition, it kind of seems a little harsh, maybe because the heading is in between the two. But it really does kind of fall in line, right? I mean, we're talking about yesterday with dealing with sin in the church, going to your brother or sister and, you know, letting them know they offended you and then how that process all works. 
And then Peter comes in there and is like, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Now that you've given us an example of how to work towards reconciliation, how many times do I have to do this? Right. Like he's seven times. Like, okay, seven times I'm done. Right. That's not the case. No. God says no. What I find interesting as I was studying it is that apparently in Jewish tradition, the rabbis had established a three times rule, meaning you forgive three times. And then after that, it was not. You didn't have to. So Peter's coming in here and he's saying like, oh, I got this one. Like twice as many plus one. Yeah. Right? Like, come on, Jesus. That's a good answer, right? Um, And then what does Jesus say to him? Absolutely Uh, not. No. No. 70 times seven, which is 490 was what I was reading. I didn't do that math in my head right now, just so y'all know. I was going to be very impressed. Yeah, don't be impressed. I didn't do that all in my head. I read it somewhere in my study. Um, So, yeah, he like blows it out of the water, right? Like, no, no, no. You know, that not just seven times. Like, um, and we think that's a lot. And it is a lot. Um, but I think sometimes we get caught up in the, again, this is, this is an example of somebody coming to you and apologizing, and then you forgive them. This isn't somebody who has hurt you, refuses to apologize, and you're asked to forgive them. This is a situation where clearly before that it's mentioning the person has repented right. Right, of the hurt or the pain they caused. So there is a sin, everybody does. Then there's a repentance, and then there's the forgiveness. And so Jesus is saying, here's what I do, right? This is what I've done for you. Right, for all of us. No matter how many times we sin, when we repent, Jesus forgives us. That's just the way it works. He doesn't have to second guess whether or not he's going to forgive us. He's like, yeah, I already got that covered, remember? Yeah. You know, so I think that's what he's calling us to do. That's challenging. That's a lot. Very challenging as a human. Yeah. And sometimes people offend us or hurt us or sin against us in the exact same way. Yeah. But it just goes back to, you know, Monday's verses of, you know, if we don't come to that person and say, hey, you you hurt my feelings. Right. We stew on it and Mm -hmm. it builds and it builds. And then we have resentment. God doesn't want us to be like that. No. Right. And I just kind of like popped in my head. So like, I think, huh, we, that person sinned against me in the exact same way. This, like, I start to get angry. And then I have to pause and say, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Didn't I just say that Jesus says the same thing to me? Yeah. And I sin and repent and he forgives me. And he's like, yeah, I got that covered. Remember how many times has he done that with me? Right. There are so many things Multiple where I'm times like daily for me. Right? Like, you know, things I, am I a keep sinner. doing <laughs> over yes. and over. And I'm like, I'd like to be past that, but I'm not. Uh, But I think what I liked about you bringing up yesterday's was that the person has to come to you and let you know. And I think Jesus does that with us. The Holy Spirit does that. Oh, yeah. He opens our eyes. He's like, hey, keeps, you know, picking at us, you know, letting us know, nudging us. It's time to toe the line. Right. Like, let's get back to this whole, like, you know, sin, repent, forgive process here again, right? Mm-hmm. I know we just did it yesterday. Let's do it again. Yep. Um, and I just think what a what a cool image that is um, connecting yesterday's and today's. Um, whew. And then, right, it's easy to read the master and the servant and think about that second servant who is like. He turned around and did 
Exact. What? Yeah. You totally, like, you withhold forgiveness from somebody who has a much smaller debt from you when you were just forgiven, like, this debt you would never be able to repay. Like, it just makes me angry as well. Like, how could you do that, you wicked servant, just like Jesus? But I'm like, oh, how many times have I done that? I don't know that I've withheld forgiveness from somebody who's apologized, but I know there's times where I'm holding somebody accountable for something that I did not tell them that they're accountable to me for, and therefore they haven't apologized, Most right? Most definitely, yes. So I'm thinking, how many times have I, like, I'm not letting them off the hook. Why would I let them off the hook? They don't deserve to be let off the hook. They didn't even know that they were on the hook. Right, right. But here's like, oh, but man, this, the servant, probably I'm more like him than the loving king who right. graciously canceled the debt. Yeah. Um, and all of it. And that debt, like this version is a little different than when I read it in, but that was a, like, That's he a lot. literally would never have been able to pay it back. His wife, his children, all his stuff, his, the rest of his life working for the king. He never would have been able to pay it back. That's how massive that amount of money was at, you know, in, in terms times, of that yeah. world, right? So if you just think about that, like, man, like you would have been a slave for the king working for free and all of your belongings would have been his for the rest of your life. Yeah. And he just canceled all of it. Not like, hey, let's go 50-50 on this. Right. You do half, I'll do half. You can pay 5%. Right. Or how about you be a slave for, I don't know, 25 years, you know? I don't know. Like, I just, it was the whole thing. He canceled the whole thing. That's big. That's huge. But then he also expected him to do likewise, right? If you receive grace, then you would give grace. Right. Certainly if it was a much lesser amount, you would think. You would think. Didn't happen here. Um, and Jesus made it pretty clear that that's very much frowned upon. You know, God is going to look at us when we stand before him someday and say, the same thing if we've not been gracious with the grace that we've been received, that we've received. So I don't know. What were your what were your other thoughts? I mean, obviously challenging here. <laughs> very much. Um, we serve a very just God. He, you know, he wants us to toe the line. And that's okay. Yeah. We should. Yeah. I mean, after all he's done, right? Like Correct. when you start to put that in perspective. Yeah, he was 33 years old. Right. And That's dead. And dead, yeah. Right? I mean, and he gave eventually. his, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he gave his entire life, like somebody gave their entire life for you and then you want to be stingy with your obedience. Yeah, 15 minutes a day. Yeah, right. We, we can be very selfish. Very right? selfish, yeah. Um. I just kind of like the connection between the two. Um, but then I also, yeah, I feel like there's this, Jesus kind of demonstrates that, like this ethic, I guess is what I would word, an ethic of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it's again, it's it's not a rule necessarily, like a law, kind of. Um, Guideline. But it's it's pretty clear, you know, that I've forgiven you much basically is what he's saying. I mean, 
Not at this point he hadn't, but... No, not at this I point, will. but later in life. And I expect you to do the same. Yes. You know, I want you to follow my lead on that. Um, and I liked how in one of my studies, too, it said, you know, this is free grace, but it's not cheap grace. That's in a good other one. words, it's free. It doesn't come, it comes at a cost, right? It doesn't come at just Jesus' life. But in response, it's going to come at a bit of a cost to me as well. Yes. Right? Because I then, out of my devotion to him, I will obey, right? Okay. Out of my love for him, then I'll obey these things, right? I'll follow in his ways. So while it's free, you know, he doesn't ask for anything, no works, no nothing, right? He right. gives it to us freely. It's not cheap. Nope. It has a very high value. And I think this um, parable kind of demonstrates like the value of that canceled debt um, in monetary terms that these people would have clearly understood. This version of the Bible actually made it a little bit more understandable. It's not like shekels or whatever they call them in older versions. <laughs> I don't remember what they call um, it. But denaro? Denaros. Denaris. Denaris. Somethings. <laughs> Anyway, I have no concept of that money. I do understand gold and silver. <laughs> so I like that in this version. Um, and then I guess just to wrap up, I think I had, you know, tying yesterday and today together, I had written, imagine how different the church would look if we just put into practice these two things. So from yesterday, seek to resolve matters between believers. Two, forgive fellow believers yeah and show mercy yeah if we just did those two things like if we could just get those two things right <laughs> imagine how different i think our churches would look and the body of believers would look and whether there are minor differences between reformed or christian reformed doesn't matter right it's about relationships it's yeah. about community it's about yeah. togetherness it's about a, a strong deep rooted Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and I just think, man, I can only imagine that that kind of light, because that is not done in this world. We don't seek forgiveness and reconciliation with one another. And we aren't very quick to give it either. Nope. So if those two things could be done just in the community of believers, right? People who say they believe this stuff. We believe this Bible to be true, and this is what Jesus is saying. Yeah. If we believe it to be true, and the words of Jesus, and we did that, what kind of difference would that make yeah. in our community? In our community, and the people that see us. Right. Just day The witness day -day. that would be, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to, again, I think both of these, again, are generally referencing a relationship of believers, not people outside the community of faith. These are just about how we deal with people who are within our circle, our small circle of faith or family, whatever. Yeah. Generally one and the same in the Bible, so let's just assume. This is in the community of believers. If this is how we treated one another, not worry about the people who are outside of our circle of faith, Right. Not worry about the atheists that are out there not worry about the Buddhists that are out there and how I seek or show love to them and forgiveness. Just the people within our little community here. Yeah. 
Seems pretty easy. It, it seems far less complicated, right? Sometimes I think, like, I've got to be the light to the world. But if I'm not the light to my family, mm-hmm. there's no way I can be a light to the world. If I'm not a light to my faith family, what kind of, like, who wants to be a part of that? Right. But nobody wants to be a part of that. If you have a really crappy family or faith or yeah. home, but it's hard. Nobody sometimes. wants to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it is really hard. I'm I'm encouraged that you said you had a family that was very good at communication and where yes. this was not a struggle. I hope to grow in that with my family and with my faith family. Um, it's not something I was raised well with. I just that's not the way we did things. So. Um, I'm learning and growing, um, but it's encouraging that you had that gift. Yeah, no, um, it was definitely, um, and it always it always was that way. So when you look at, when I looked at other families, I'm like, how is that, it's so different. How does that even function? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yes, yeah. yes. So I, um, I've looked at my own family and wondered that. <laughs> and it, how did we survive? It could just start out small. Yeah. You know, Sunday afternoons, do dinner together, um, have good conversation, put the phones down, put the electronics down, spend time with each other. Um, and that doesn't even necessarily have to be in the word, but... Right. Relationally communicating. Yes. Yes. Seeking out if there are any offenses. And apologizing for apologizing, them. Apologizing, yes, very much so. Um, and then forgive easily. It's it is easier to forgive when somebody apologizes. I mean, we shouldn't be harboring no unforgiveness to people who are actually apologizing. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we do. Yep. But God, yeah, I like gives that. Us a, that little push. He gives sometimes. us a little nudge sometimes, yeah. and I like that. Yeah. Well, I liked that. Um, thank you for sharing some of those <laughs> little tips. You know, just a simple way how we can do that in our homes, and then how can we do that in our faith family? Because that's where the light shines out of. Um, if we cannot do life and community well with one another, nobody really wants to be a part of that. No. It's Why would you want to? I, I would not. So um, that's my challenge, Amber's challenge for the day. Um, I pray that you have a blessed Tuesday, and we'll be back tomorrow. See ya. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.